What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode of the Hyper Chat. I've got the infamous Ross Gerber here with me today. We're going to be talking about Tesla, um, all sorts of stuff, tech companies, uh, what you think for young investors. Really mm. excited to have you on. Thanks for coming, Ross. My pleasure. Great to have you out here, too. So for the few people who don't know who you are, maybe you could give us your background on how you ended up in uh, here in L.A. Uh, managing money and investing. Well, I was born and raised here, so you know this is definitely my hood right here, actually, in West L.A., Santa Monica. Um, no, I, you know, when I was a kid, I, uh, my family has been involved with the stock market for a couple generations, uh, starting with my, my great-grandfather, actually, Max Fern, who I named my kid after. But um, So my mom taught me about stocks as a kid, and, and I didn't like working that much. So I worked at a, a pizza place. I was delivering pizzas and stuff. And, and then and my mom was like, you, you, I had cash, you know, because you, you make this cash. And I was like, you got to save it and invest it. Um, and so I did that, and I bought Disney my mom's like, buy Disney, you know, and you get the certificates, um, and, and they had Mickey Mouse on it. It was really cool. Oh, really? And, like uh, that you had the stocks? Yeah, you didn't wow. have brokerage firms. You didn't have, like, Robin Hood, where you never even see anything. You actually got a certificate and stuff. And and this thing went up, and, and my mom would show me in the paper, and I'd be like, oh, you, you made more money. And then it went, <laughs> I think it split three for one. Back in the old days, they split stocks. Like, now stock prices are, like, 1752 Yeah. It's, like, ridiculous, you know? I, oh, I'll buy you four shares today, you know, and that was a big trade. <laughs> That's a lot of money, right? Uh, and so back then, so Disney splits three for one. It was in the 80s, and I was sold. I was like, this is way better than working, you know, because I had to, like, drive around for pizzas. And, and um, So, when, so when, I, when I wanted to be a musician, I realized I was going to be poor for sure, you know, and that was very unpalatable to me. I, I I wasn't I was raised in a pretty well-off world in the '80s in West LA, actually extremely ridiculous world. So there was no way I wanted to live that way, and I wasn't inheriting any fortune. So that was another problem. I grew up with people who were inheriting fortunes, and I wasn't getting anything. So I I had to figure out a better way, and and investing was the way, and it's and especially in technology. So it started with Disney and Apple. Um, and, and when I got through college and, and I, I started working in the music industry, I hated it. And, and, and it was a horrible thing and, and, and had some bad experiences really quickly and said, I, I got to do something else. And so I got into the investment business because it was the early 90s and technology was beginning to boom. And one of the things I realized was as a musician, we went from analog to digital. And, and it was a huge, huge plus. So like from recording, from from every level of music, like what we do today is like insanely cool. Like you literally sing, even you can edit each word of your song. I mean, it's like crazy how these albums are made today, where it was like Jimi Hendrix was like cutting tapes and taping it <laughs> together, right? So so the music industry didn't get it back then, and, and, I, and I go, I'm going to get in the investment business, and I, and I got hired and I uh, got into the investment business um, in 94 and it was just amazing. So uh, fortunately for me, um, everything I did, you know, worked really well right at the beginning of my career. Unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I had no money. So, you know, relatively I, I was making people a lot more money than I was making myself. Um, but I was able to build my career very quickly. And, uh, and so I've been in the investment business and one of my goals in life is to help as many young people, save and invest their money 
in the future as possible. And that's why I'm wealthy today. So I have everything in the world that I want. I don't really want or care for anything. I don't really need to be richer. I don't, I don't actually care about that that much. Um, I, I think that overthought about like spending money is, is actually bad, you know? So it's like, you know, I have reasonable expectations of what I want out of my life. I, I don't need like a yacht. I don't like those things really. Actually, I don't you just got your model three. That's all you I, need, right? I, I actually downsized from my Maserati to my model three and I'm <laughs> super happy about it. Um, it, I'm saving so much money, uh, on that, not just on gas, but just on the payment too. And the car is, is great. Um, which is why we're here is to talk about the future and technology and that and that's what my career is about. So I've 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 done that in building portfolios and managing people's money. Gerber Kawasaki. Yeah, you founded a firm, right? Yeah. Gerber Kawasaki, which is now you run. Yeah, so I worked I worked my way up and and, and started running and and kind of own uh, part of another firm until the financial crisis. And then when the financial crisis happened, I was like change everything, go digital, virtual everything, use the internet. Mm -hmm. We were the first firm on Facebook. We were the first people. Um, we were, you know, got in trouble. I, I still get in trouble constantly in the industry. Um, you know, pushing what, what, it's not because we're doing anything wrong. It's like there was no rules in 1933 that had anything to do with well, the internet. Twitter, you know? Right, <laughs> right. So they're still working on that, you know, blueprint, actually, that like SEC works on a blueprint based off, you know, 1933. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the most underappreciated things about the investing world is how much has changed with the Twitter, YouTube oh, yeah. universe. Like this is less than a decade old. And I think it has a, it's totally changed the media landscape, the financial media landscape. And I think you guys have been really smart in that becoming sort of like an influencer putting yourself out there on Twitter seems like a great strategy for your business. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 been great and horrible. And <laughs> um, but overall, net net, what it did and and what the internet does as a whole is it allows anybody the freedom to be as big as they want to be. Where there were always companies that had barriers to entry, like in the music industry. If you wanted to move up, right now you have two companies that book every venue in the world, basically, mm -hmm. you know, and if you don't deal with Live Nation or AEG, forget it. You're not, you're not playing anywhere. And that's the barrier to entry, you know, and with the internet, you don't have that. So musicians have gone online and they're on YouTube and they're building huge careers. And then Live Nation's calling them, begging Chance the Rapper with millions of dollars to come play their venues mm -hmm. because of the internet. Yeah. But Chance the Rapper might never have been heard in the system before, just like you or me. And that's what I realized 10 years ago when we were starting the firm was that we could leverage technology like um, a podcast or, or in this case, it was the internet or just the web to, to be able to get to everybody and, and tell them the message, hey, save and invest your money. Like if you're young, that gives you the best chance of having a great future. Yeah, you have the best asset in the world that even Warren Buffett can't buy. Time. I know, I can't buy it either, you yeah. know. And, and, and I'm telling you, my wife says this, and, and I, I think it's, I love saying it, it's youth is wasted on the young, okay? It's just youth is wasted on the young. Now, you can think about this all day long. And I had such a good youth, you know, in my, mostly my 30s, you know, my 20s, I worked, I worked a lot my whole career, but like my 20s, I had to get somewhere quick, you know? I was like, I, I got to get out of poverty as quickly as possible. And then in my 30s, I really started enjoying that. And 
Um, and fortunately, I, I didn't get married till I was in my 40s, so I was able to ha- be single for a long time. And it was great, and it was great, and it was a lot of fun. And now I'm, I have a great family, and that's great. And so if you don't save and invest when you're 25, that time just goes. You're, it's gone. And yet I barely remember most of it, you know, because it was so long ago. And I'm like, thank God I did all that. Mm-hmm. And so m- moving on to the, you built your firm on using technology and you also invest in technology. Right. So that's why I brought you on because I want to talk about Tesla, other tech companies you're interested in, but let's start with Tesla. So yeah. at a high level, you know, just, I just curious, just take a step back. What is your thesis on Tesla? Or first of all, you are, do you own some, do your clients own oh, some? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, we own Tesla and I've owned it since 2012 when I first saw the Model S um, because, you know, I'm actually a big car guy I don't not per se like taking them apart and putting it together but like I love driving cars especially fast and and good cars you know not just showy cars and um and I you know I like ice cars I I'm not per se an anti-ice guy but you know climate obviously came into the picture and EVs were always golf carts so I I didn't really want one and when the Model S came out you know I we went and took it out and I said, Oh God, you know, this is incredible. Right. And, and this, and you know, there was no vision of at that time of like what autopilot would be and all this kind of stuff. It was just an EV, Mm -hmm. but I saw a lot of advantages to EV and, and, um, and I thought Tesla had a brand, which was another lesson I learned early on as an investor is the value of a brand. And, 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 and if you have a brand value like Tesla has in the public, you know, so there's two Teslas. There's there's like Tesla in the public, and there's Tesla in the media, and and so what people who actually interface with Tesla love Tesla, and the brand. You know, like they sell a, a surfboard, and it was like sold out in like a minute. Yeah, I got one. You know, oh, you got one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Or someone sent it to me. You know, they 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 sold flamethrowers. You know, a boring company did, and and yeah, people buy it too. because <laughs> Elon is kind of a genius when it comes to selling stuff, and um, so so. Tesla today is 50 times more exciting than Tesla when we first started because it's become not an EV story. It's become a big data, AI, transportation, autonomous driving story that the the part about it that blows my mind is the collection of data from the vehicles and the, the master plan of Every vehicle is another data. So it's like Google where somebody had to map the Internet, you know, and, and everybody goes, oh, that's impossible. You know, and Google did it. Yep. And so it's kind of like web crawlers. He's putting out all these web crawlers, but it's like real life driving. And I don't believe a computer can learn how to drive in real life. So I don't think LiDAR and all that stuff's going to work. Like Google wants to solve it as a programming solution. You know, I don't think that's going to work because I think humans are horribly irrational. And so driving is is an amazing beauty of many, many irrational people somehow only crashing a little, you know? Yeah. Uh, Although I would argue that's, to me, that's the biggest misconception. There's like a million people dying from auto accidents each year. Oh, I know. And no one, and, and then there's one crash on autopilot and then that gets all the attention and, you know, that to me is what I really want to bring the conversation to is how many people are driving drunk, high, right. distracted. How many millions of people are we going to let die without 
you know, and Tesla's actually trying to solve this problem and people give them so much hate. Like, it's baffling to me. Well, I, I think that technology has to walk a tough line. Just like when the space shuttle exploded, you know, when I was a kid and I watched teachers and nice people burn up live on television, the entire nation as a kid, okay? The space program had to advance and they were shooting these shuttles off and you look at the computers they used in the <laughs> 80s to fly these missions. It's unbelievable, right? Like, you know, it's like unbelievable compared to the technology today. And 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 the space shuttle exploded on live television while every kid was out of school specifically to watch the space shuttle because a teacher was put on the space shuttle for the first time. You, you, you're wow. looking at me like you've never, you don't know I, this. I, no, I mean, I wasn't alive. I don't know. No, but it's like history, dude. It's like uh, there's a couple of Netflix shows about like the space shuttle programs and stuff. Oh, my God. It was horrible. Yeah, it's, it's just scarred. hard to imagine that reality me, of you know? watching the thing blow up on But you don't TV. stop the space shuttle. You don't, like... You know, this is the cost of innovation, but you're yeah. absolutely right that we're going to focus on that because that was like this big thing that somebody died on autopilot. But what we're not going to like focus on is the 60,000 people that die on the road here every year because it's so commonplace. It's literally today on the way home that I drive. It's the highest risk activity that I do. OK, all of us. Like, like I go on a plane and I kind of, when I leave my kids, I kind of, I'm like, you know, you always kind of like, I say a little prayer, you know, I'm like, I want to get home again and see my kids. Cause you know, I love them and <laughs> I want them to have a dad or whatever, but that's actually really safe. Why? Autopilot. There's no pilots flying planes anymore. They don't fly the planes. Hello. Okay. You just caught on a thing that flew up in the air, 40,000 feet, and it does it all on its own. And we do this 25,000 times a day and not an accident. When was the last accident? I don't know. The 737? No, that's international. I'm saying in America, there used to be plane crashes like every year. You know, it's like shark attacks. You know, somebody got eaten uh, at Kanapali Beach the other day. Wow. And, and And I was like, kids, don't worry. The sharks don't usually eat people at good tourist beaches often, you know, in and. You know, it's like 500 people a year die from shark attacks, but not 500 Americans a year on planes. Okay. But everybody's scared of planes. And that's kind of one of... Well, they're scared of it, but they're all going on and on autopilot the whole time. And yet they're saying, stop Tesla because somebody died on autopilot. NTSB, these crazy people are testing technology on our roads that we might hurt somebody. And it's absurd. Yeah. And that's what really concerns me is that what the like the FUD, for lack of a better term, or just people focusing on this without looking at the data will really cause a hindrance to self-driving technology going into the mainstream. Like that's what I see as the biggest roadblock and barrier. Right, But you don't lead people by letting the people decide, you know, the people, you know, might kick and scream their way into surgeries, you know, and be like, oh, you know. I don't believe in these new surgeries and new, you know, cancer treatments. And they die. You know, that's how Steve Jobs died. Oh, I don't believe in this. You know, I'm going to eat special roots and that'll cure my cancer. And he's dead. You know, he's one of the smart guy, you know. So you got to, you got to, you know, say this is the way the world's going and that's the way the world's going. That's why China doesn't have this problem. 
you know, nobody's deciding in China. The China say, we're putting EVs on the road. You don't get a nice car. Yeah. And that's what's crazy. China has like an equivalent subsidy of like 10 to 15. I mean, they're ramping these down, but like 10 to $15,000 per electric vehicle it equates to. So like this is, they're not doing it to feel good and be green. They're doing it because they realize this is the future and we need to They like, want to dominate this future. Yeah, and they want to make I money mean, they on They own it. 5% of Tesla. And, and in fact, the fact that Tesla is growing so fast in China is making the Chinese people, officials, very happy. They need to create jobs for people and they need an industry that's going to be growth. And they much rather make their own cars for EVs. They've got BYD and, and they've got Geely, which are the two best actual EV makers in the world besides Tesla. And now they've got Tesla. So, you know, while America kind of like pushes and attacks Tesla, what they're missing is the Chinese are embracing them. And the Chinese are perfectly happy with an EV future because they can't breathe every day. So it's really simple in Beijing. You can't breathe every day. Yeah. I actually checked my phone today and the it said New York air quality was like not perfect. Or there was something on my iPhone that I'd never seen. It was like air quality bad if you're sensitive. Uh, LA used and I was to be like, like what? This. Yeah, LA used That's to have incredible. this problem. When I was a kid, it was like the smog problem. And we used to skateboard like downtown and you'd like come home and be like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. coughing. And then they made all these clean air rules here in California. And, and it works. It's not like it doesn't work. I mean, like if we just say, OK, everybody's got to get EVs and that's what the Chinese are actually doing. You know, you can spin it or China is saying everybody, if you want to drive around Beijing, you have to buy an EV. And and there's no there's no other way, you know, and I think that's I think what's happening in Europe, too, where it's, it's just the incentives are so weighed in this thing. And let me tell you, if the Democrats win in a year and a half, um, we're going green too, United States. So this departure under the Bush administration, uh, on Bush, and <laughs> it was like I was talking about Bush, how bad Bush was, and 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 I hated him. And then and like Trump came around and like took us to a whole new low. So the Trump administration, you know, and what they're doing to the environment, um, you know, will be reversed immediately when the Democrats win, and we're going to go all green. We're going to go solar, and and that's what needs to be done. And solar makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. And so you own a Model 3, right? Yeah. So one of the biggest things I'm curious about is the the autopilot. Do mm. you use that a every lot? Day, every day. So how fast is that getting better? Like, have you noticed that? Well, there's two autopilots now. There's Navigate on autopilot and regular autopilot. And mm-hmm. I actually use regular autopilot. Not You don't do the lane change. I don't do Navigate on autopilot because I actually do think it drives worse than the regular autopilot hmm. because they're testing on it. And so, like, it does things that I don't like as much because it's trying to do things, you know? Yeah, so, it's not perfect so you can, yet. right. So you have to like monitor it more and it's like, you know, it's a little jankier, I guess is the way to say it. So regular autopilot works great. And so I, you know, that's what I use. And I just use the turn thing to turn, you know, to, to change lanes. Like I would confirm the lane change. I'm not letting it change lanes for me yet because L.A. is super difficult, man. Yeah, this changing is like the lanes, hardest place to Changing to lanes navigate. in L.A. is is way, it's like, it is like Call of Duty. You know, <laughs> you're just got to like survive. You got to get into this lane. I do crazy I mean, you convinced crap Elon to get into LA, lanes. What was that? They're beyond Mad Max mode? Yeah. Like oh, LA yeah, traffic yeah. mode? At the autonomy day, no, you were no, saying I'm that. set on Mad Max, and 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 that's what's getting better. Which you know, I test autopilot because I want to see how good it is, and and obviously I, you know, I'm paying attention, and I'm not going to like crash into a truck. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I'm not going to drive 75 and see if the brakes work. You know what I mean? Like I'm the other day that happened and it's like, I took over, you know, I'm not going to like play an 80 mile per hour game, you know? Um, but the, but the autopilot drives amazingly well. I use it every day. Um, it's changing lanes much better, especially in the more difficult situations where the speeds are much different, where you're moving fast and they're stopped or you're stopped and they're moving fast and you got to get over. Yeah. You know, these are very hard maneuvers that, and people are moving in many directions. So a lot of that has to be with FSD. You know, you were in the car with me. We are actually like literally innovators who got in the full self-driving got the Tesla. first demo zero zero one galley came and found me because i had number one <laughs> i was too and, and honestly and, tesla come on and he was like i can't believe hell, that gerber got number I one know, i was number like, one unbelievable. i'm the first person in the world to have ever gone on a full self-driving <laughs> tesla with you and 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 it was only because you were so enterprising that you went and found me because i wasn't <laughs> i was so busy trying to talk to elon and find him you know or whatever and you're like no let's get in the car so we get in this car and so the hardware update has to happen for this to work. So the crazy thing that, like, I've been trying to get Tesla to do is they're not going to advertise because Elon doesn't want to spend money on it, which I totally get. But I was like, you need to make videos and post them about, like, what is really happening. So when yeah. you buy a new Tesla today, you're getting the new hardware in your car. And you buy full self-driving, and let's say that costs, I don't know, 46000 Um your your vehicle is the most advanced, incredible vehicle that's ever been made. I mean, it's it's so far advanced over even the most advanced cars. Like e, like so, I was watching Formula One the other day, which mm -hmm. are super advanced cars, and like you have a team that's working with you. And ironically, so much of the information is still relayed by a dude, you know, in the upstairs to the driver. And 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 you know, I'm. I'm thinking about how that computer is working and all the variables and high-speed driving stuff, and, and this car can do it, and it's a Model 3. So you've got a car that's more advanced than a Formula 1 car and can do incredible things for $46,000. It's incredible. It is, and, and, and it's coming, and it's coming soon. You know, like the, whenever somebody says, like, oh, it's going to be 10 years until this stuff's really happening, and I'm like – Dude, you haven't been in this car. Well, that's, you know? that's the thing of the demo is like it wasn't just on the highway changing lanes by itself getting off the highway, which it was crazy. But then it would get off the highway, see the stop sign, yeah. turn on an oncoming left, read the stoplight, know when the stoplight changed, like see I the pedestrian. Like, uh, you know, no, totally. Like, it's I driving feel good itself. being with you because when I tell people all this, they don't believe me, and <laughs> and I'm like. And, 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 like, you were there, you know? I think that's when, it, when it's going to hit people is when your friend down the block is like, oh, like, we're getting wasted and my Tesla's driving me all the way because it's fully self-driving. Oh, like, I mean, it, I think it it'll take one of these lives, things of, you know? like, or, like, even when you do enhanced summon and you can just get the car to come to you from the parking lot. Like, I think these are the real-world applications where people will be like, wow, like, this is a game changer. Yeah, like, and, this and, is what and the I talk about. to a lot of people and, like, what it is is, is like, a paradigm shift. So, like... So, like, you know when you see something and even if everybody else is looking at it and they don't see it, but you see it as clear as day, like, I'm literally, like, pummeled daily on the Internet for believing in Tesla, you know? And, like, pummeled. Like, I'm, I'm literally <laughs> treated like I'm the biggest idiot of all time, you know? And, and like, 
you know, it's funny because my I was teaching my kid the sticks and stones lessons the other day, and you know, it was like actually, son, you know, people call me an idiot every day, you know, but I live in the best neighborhood in America, so who gives a crap, you know? And and you have a wonderful life, so they can call me an idiot, and you know what? It motivates me actually because the way I look at it is, okay, they just don't see it, but that's fine because eventually, it happens. And I've been doing this now, it's 25 years this week, 25 years as a professional investor. So if I sucked, I would have been done long ago. Because remember, I did dot bomb, okay? I did the financial crisis, okay? So I, I, all these, you know, goofballs, uh, you know, who've been trading for five years or seven years in a bull market who haven't done what I've done. I've traded in the worst market in America, worst decade in American history and made money the whole time other than when the market went down, but the other eight years and, and, and came out net with good returns. And so when you call me, whatever you want to call me, it does, it, you know, sticks and stones, buddy, you know, I'll, I'll come to a party at my house sometime, you know, <laughs> I'm going to cry so, all night. <laughs> so in, in your career, have you ever seen a situation where I feel like now, Tesla seems so detached from reality and every news story just gets like it's just unbelievable the amount of like inconsistency and just right. the gap between the Twitter verse, financial media verse, right. and reality. Right. Like people love these cars. I go to Seattle, I'm right. in LA, there's Model 3s everywhere. Right. I was here a year ago, they weren't there. Like if that's not a sign that this is a real movement. Um so I'm just curious in your career, is this like Netflix in 2011? No, this is like Apple in 2007. No, this is nothing. So so the internet is is a really crazy thing, and, and, and the way news worked in the past was very different, okay? So very, very different. And, and I was a communications major, actually, and had been in the media or studying the media my whole life. And, and so, like, one of the problems is the lack of a, a filter or editor anymore where, where everything is put out there and, and it's all somewhat equally valid in a way, no matter where the source. And, and a lot of the, the traditional medias have cheapened their, their legitimacy by allowing it on their own platforms too, where you have a lot of great journalism being done and then some of it is what I call opinion journalism where the opinion matters. So journalists yeah. journalists aren't supposed to have opinions per se. So you would cover a war zone and you might cover the enemy, but you're supposed to go and write the story from a perspective of like, this is the perspective, not this is the enemy. And this, you know, that's propaganda, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so journalism has changed. And now there's not, and I would say 90% of the journalists that I know, and I know many very well now, I think are amazing. Like, they're really good at their jobs, and they try really hard. Um, and then there's a whole group of them that I know pretty well, and I like them too, but they're opinion journalists, and they're writing with their opinion. And I think there should be a disclaimer or something in, in next to their articles or whatever. And then there's the, the cheapening of all media because there's so much media. So then what is a real source? So if there's 50 million sources putting stuff out there, it's so hard to tell, like, what's real, you know? Yeah. 
and in the world of clicks, I feel like people are incentive. Like journalists have become advertising salesmen. They're it's incentivized always been that to, way. It's always yeah. headlines. But clicks. do you think this internet has made that worse? Because I think that's really the trend that I see. Is that like no? I there think was it's some a more ethics. sinister thing. I think that you're you're not you're you're assigning the problem to the participants, not the 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 actual universe. So the problem is the universe of social media. So social media is a horrible, horrible thing, and it's a wonderful utility. So part of it, no, part of it is amazing. You yeah, know, like for no, my band, I want to tell all these people I'm playing. Yeah, you know, like social media is the best way to do it. It's, I built a career, you know, a company because of social media, and and we have to use it. I'm not saying to get rid of it by any means, but but then these guys running it decided, you know, like we're gonna affect the way people feel and we want to addict them to this so that they keep looking so we can sell more ads and so how do we socially engineer or how do we get people to have this emotional thing to it by feeding them certain types of information like one thing i was thinking like imagine if facebook said okay today we're going to set the algorithm that if somebody's in a bad mood we'll send them feeds from the dalai lama and things that are really positive and if somebody's yeah. like really Puppy positive videos. and stuff and posting all their vacations maybe we'll send them some like real life posts about like the importance of success and working and discipline or whatever whereas like you know so it wasn't always like making me feel bad because I'm working and they're all on vacation, even though they're kind of broken, miserable or whatever they're doing, um, or making you feel bad because you don't feel thin enough or whatever. I mean, God, what? I have not seen a bad looking person on social media ever. Right. Like what? <laughs> how is this helping people's self-esteem by any means? Right. Uh, people are falling off mountainsides, taking pictures, oh, taking selfies, talking about yeah, who ridiculous. you should stop. You're worried about <laughs> autopilot. People are falling off like like into volcanoes and like walking on to like lion dens with to, to video it, you know? I mean, what has happened here? So so this is a, a horrible addiction. I challenge everybody here to try to use your phone less. Not to yeah. get rid of it. I'm not telling you that the whole thing is bad, but like you, I literally am trying I, I like cut this time down and you fill up more positive in your life. And so that's the problem. And so they're hurting us. They're hurting our society. Facebook needs to be regulated. They need to take the keys away from Zuckerberg and his evil empire. What it's should like, they do? I want to build on they that. They take the keys away. Well, like, does that to, mean split them up? Does I, that I mean, just mean harsh he regulations? He should not be in charge. Sandberg needs to go. They need to put in, uh, like, you know, the FCC. Like, you know, you can't just put anything on Channel 4 at 6 p.m. You can't have nudity. You can't say certain words. Like, you know, you shouldn't have live shootings on your platform. You know, that's kind of a bad thing, you know. And so you shut it down. You say, listen, you can't do it this way. If you, if there or you got to be, be responsible. You got to be a media company and take ownership. Yeah, for but your you content. got billions of people, and so you're relying on algorithms to take down content because you know ISIS yeah, fighters are posting five five hundred posts a minute, you know, of, of killings and beheadings. So how do we do that? And you go, well, you just shut off in ISIS controlled areas. You know, it's like it's pretty yeah, easy. Yeah. To, you know, like so if you're if you spend all your time on security, it's not very fun, is it? Yeah, I actually heard this really interesting theory from Jack Dorsey about Twitter bots where they would rather figure out who the real people are and tell you who they are than figure out, like, who's fake. It's way easier to... So that's what I feel like the real solution is, is, like, you like the Tesla Q thing. Like, you have to put your real name. You have to be verified. Everyone... How about a credit card? You know, you got to put a credit card in and pay a dollar a month. 
and everybody would drop off because they wouldn't care, and every, <laughs> and society would be fixed, and the people who want it would pay a dollar a month, and they'd be real people, and that would be that, you know. But it's like it goes back into t- a, a lot. A lot of tech people are just morally like blank, you know. They they just don't want to get involved with morals at all. Yeah, I think that that's really the issue of Facebook. Like, I just finished the book Zucked by Roger McMee. Incredible book that talks about this. And it's like, yeah, Zuckerberg had the chance to, like, step in and do the right thing multiple times, but just continuously chose, like, greed, capitalism, earnings, yeah. shareholders, I mean, you know, profits. Yeah, party's over, everybody. You know, like, we've got to hurt our stock and we got to be responsible players here. No, so, it's not going to do But it. the flip side of tech, which we're into, is Tesla. Right. Which is like actually building the future I want to be a part of. So that's right. like one of my key philosophies in investing. Invest in the future you believe in. Right. And I feel like Tesla like is such a 180 difference. Like they're not building software. They're not like it's real assets here in the U.S. Right. Made in America. Right. Cars. Like I just don't think people realize how unique Tesla gets bunched in with these tech companies. But really they're a totally unique beast. And like bringing American manufacturing back, which and built so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And actually what what you said what I wanted to build on is Tesla shouldn't advertise, but they should make content. They yeah. should become a content company. They're working. They on should it. be making YouTube videos and they don't have to pay for distribution like right. previous auto brands. Every, we'll distribute it. They're working. The on internet it. will distribute. Yeah. I hope you're right. And I hope you talk Tesla. I'm right. Because if they could put out a video that was like, here's why our car's the safest, Nitsa's never tasted I'm Tesla's telling you, they're car. working on it. Yeah. Okay. I'm well, that's I'm pumped. Maybe I, maybe I could just stop talking. I, then, I, I, you know, look, I, I've been fortunate enough that Tesla has let me in to see their factories, their these events, to meet every top executive. To I have never had such a, a good understanding of a company in my entire career. You know, like fortunately, like I, like I have breakfast. I run into Bob Iger, so you know, I. I haven't seen him in a while, but, you know, we talk here and there. And I'm not scared to go up and talk to him, even though he's got, like, seven, you know, bodyguards slash buddies there. Um, and he's a great guy, and, and I love Disney, and it's it's our top holding, and I love the company. And he's Your done first st- stock. Yeah, and, 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 and I know, my whole life. And so I know that company, like, you know, it's like I could be a part of the Disney family, you know. Um, but But I still know Tesla better because I've seen the technology up close in a way that I don't think other people have seen. And... Um, and so like I have all these years of experience and like, that's the only advantage of getting old, you know? So like, you know, I, 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 I try to run as fast and all this stuff, but the one thing you do have is like all this experience of like seeing stuff in your life. And one of the things that you also get with age is like perspective of time because time goes really fast when you're young in your mind, but it's way faster when you're old, you know, it's like when you're old, it's like whatever. But your 20s kind of go by. But, like, in reality, especially young people like you, you know, like 10 years is, like, kind of goes by quick, you know? And so, like, for me, like, in my company, I have a 40-year business plan, okay? I have a 40-year plan because I have young people who work at my firm and I have a succession plan. I have that mapped out already. My career, God willing, I'm healthy, you know, where – you know, who would take over, how that would be, you know. So so you think, like, over time, over long periods of time. And so as these secular changes, this is how I've always invested. So you've got to think it's 2020 coming. So over the next decade, what are the secular changes? What are the things 
that will be completely different in 2030 than from 2020. Okay, And I hope extremism is one of them. I hope we eradicate it. But when you look at climate, there is no doubt in my mind that not only if we don't address climate, but if we don't do it in this decade in an extreme way, we are doomed. It's, it's not going to be good. I, I, I've seen extensive data. You know, my stepfather is a really high-level person in the government and in science, and, um, and, and he did the climate change study for Congress. He was in charge of it. And, and this was a decade ago. And, he, and, and I saw this presentation a decade ago, and it had this chart. And, you know, it's like exponential. Mm-hmm. And, and this was all supposed to take in a time frame. Well, you know, now I talk to my stepfather, and he's like, yeah, push that all. Whatever we were saying 10 years ago is happening way faster way faster. And a lot of it's because of the emerging markets. And, you know... Thank God China's be pushing for they're EVs not, now. They're not. But they're not, pushing for EVs now. They like, are, I think that's a bright, they're, they're part, a good They're sign. part of the problem. They're definitely part of the problem. And and and, 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 and not per se in China, but I mean, you what wanna, they're doing in other emerging economies with Belt and Road and using coal-fired plants. Sure. They're, they're building but, new ones with 30-year lifespans. They should be blown up immediately. But, but what frustrates me is, like, sure, we can say that about China, but, like, the country I'm least proud of that should be making the most progress and leading the world to clean energy is the United States. No, thank you. I mean— It's, like, ridiculous. Yes, we we're the are, only country the with nightmare. North Korea yeah. and Syria to back out of the voluntary Paris Accord. It's like horrible. that is the most that was the most embarrassing moment as an American of my life. Oh, you you don't have new ones every day, like just no, this like week. No, like that with was Trump. that just I mean, really hit me. Yeah, so it was I like it's it was a pretty voluntary agreement. To, I mean, I, I just think it's ridiculous. So that's why I think Tesla is the most important company on the planet. They're doing more to reverse the effects of climate change or stop it than any entity, charity, they have know, the government organization. To. Like yeah. they already have. They've already accelerated the timeline. They're not of, done. Of EVs They're fighting by a war five to right ten now years and for gonna, survival. And that's yeah. the part we can't deny, that all these forces that don't care about our future and only care about profit are fighting to kill our company. And that's what this is. This isn't, oh, Tesla's demand problem. There's no freaking demand problem. Everybody needs their, EVs. Their sales are up. They from, want them. Their, their sales were $22 the billion last supply. year for they got to make as many as they can and get them in people's hands all over the world, which is a huge thing what they've accomplished. It's just absurd, the criticism it's it's infuriating when you look at those charts of you try delivering 100,000 EV cars around the world in a quarter when you've never done it before. They I were mean, delivering 100,000 cars a year in 2017. Right, right. Now they're delivering 100,000 cars a quarter. Like it's try it. demand cliff. Try it. Like, right. It's absurd to it's, me. It's so hard to do what they've done. And I really do think Elon Musk loves pain. I, I think he, he does. He just, what's the most challenging, difficult thing I can put myself through. And and he he does it. And he does it every time. And, you know, I do worry because the forces he's attacking are many and well-funded. So one of my mentors actually laid out this spreadsheet of the annual revenue of all these oil companies, just oil companies. Like, if you include, like, Kuwait and these, like, states, it's trillions per year. Like, it's it was mind-boggling. And they have the big... And that's not counting auto parts companies, auto dealers, the the car companies. entire industrialized like the industrial era was built on oil oil it's the petrodollar yeah it was oil cars roads everything our whole economy essentially was built on this when america was built 
You know, we we had the steam engine. Ah, it wasn't so good. And then, you know, Ford Motors and Rockefeller, all these guys worked together. It, it was like they didn't really actually, when they first had oil, it was like, oh, we're going to use it for car. You know, it was like, oh, they were using it for heat and light and stuff, you know. And it's like, oh, we're, we invented cars, the horseless carriage. So this whole, you know, this is about rebuilding an entire way of thinking into the electric world from the oil world. And what that being said, like, I feel like one of the things that's most understood about Tesla is the value of Elon Musk and like how visionary he is and how much he's accomplished. And people somehow the narrative has gotten to that. He's a liability. <laughs> and I'm like, that is, you know what I mean? Like, just he is a liability. But you he's know, also I'm a liability to myself, too. You know, <laughs> and you are, too. You know, it's called self-destruction. You know, we're our biggest liabilities to ourselves, our own success. I, I try to teach people this all the time in my office, you know, about the way your brain works and things that like self-sabotage you and the sort of like things that go back to your childhood that you subconsciously deal with and dealing with being successful. Like most people just hold themselves back from their own success. Like people could all be more successful, but you're, it's that it's the same people are saying, oh, Tesla can't do this. I can't do that. They say it in their own lives, you know, yeah. and, 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 and you could do anything you really want to do. I mean, my uh, yeah. brother has proved that. My brother's like a four-time Ironman. He's insane, <laughs> insane what he's accomplished. And this is in his 40s, okay? And, like, I honestly try to run three miles, and I'm like, forget it. I'm done, you know? Like, I, I'm in good enough, you know, this is good enough shape. And, and, and he goes out and runs a marathon. The other day he ran a marathon to help his friend learn how to run a marathon. Wow. Like, like just to help, you know? Like, no biggie. You want to go do 26 miles, you know, or whatever. So you can do so much more than what your potential is, like what you think you can do. Yeah. And, and so that Elon is his own worst enemy. He's an enormous asset. And, and, and just like every super smart person I've ever known, you don't get all pluses and no minuses. Yeah. It just nothing works that way. So if you get like a lot of super awesome pluses, there's some things in there that are tough. Yeah. And that's life, man. I mean, I have them too. We all do. Yeah. And so building on what you were saying, what kind of advice do you have for like young investors or people building their careers to like maximize that potential? Well, the first thing is risk. You know, Whatever people are telling you you're supposed to be doing is probably not right. And don't do what everybody else is doing. You know, if everybody else is like, oh, it's cannabis now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a cannabis company right now. It's like, dude, there's like 800 cannabis companies already started with tons of money. Just go work at one of them. You know, there's so much opportunity in this industry, you know. But then your mom calls you up and goes, what do you mean you're working in a cannabis company? All our friends will be upset and whatever. And you're like, mom, trust me. Yeah. This is like an awesome business right now. And these guys are legitimate companies and and you know i'm gonna work my way up in this lab and it could be an awesome opportunity you know it's like video gaming oh my god what do you mean you work at a video game company son or you know what i mean like you've got to be willing to to take risks number one number two you got to stick with something and the same with investing you know like for young people they 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 it's so easy and it's not a generational thing it's just being young and like you do it for two three years and it's hard so you think there's another thing that's easier and it's not. The easiest thing you can learn in life is nothing is easy. Just get over it. Okay? Just get over thinking you're ever going to have it easy, you know? I'm still trying. It's 48 years, and I can't get that year that everything goes right. It's just, it's insane. 
So, you know, stick with something, you know, and learn. Like, don't stop learning. Like, you know, you go to college, I'm done, and now I'm just going to watch TV every night or whatever. Like, force yourself to learn things, you know. So young people can make decisions in their 20s, like saving and investing. Um, get Like my firm works with young people. Find a financial advisor. I know a lot of people try to do it, uh, you know, themselves. You know, call us, Gerber Kawasaki. You know, give us a call. We're happy to help you set up your thing. We charge very reasonable fees for young people to get started. Um, but save and invest for money. Use your 401k, you know. I, I, I was teaching somebody today about this. Like, your retirement plans are so important. It really doesn't matter whether you own Tesla or not. You know, honestly, if you're not using your IRAs, you're, like, doing it wrong, you know? It's like, think about a Roth IRA at 25, and you put your, your five grand in, and, and you invest in Tesla or whatever you do, you know? And every year you do that. All that money is tax-free for the rest of your life. Like, you can make decisions now that, like, I was fortunate enough to make because I knew that you look back, like, now it's my 25th anniversary of this, and I'm like, thank God I did that. Like, thank God, because life gets really hard when you have kids and you want to pay for this and that and go to Disneyland at $150 a ticket and $200 lightsabers and, and my God, and you, you're not going to say no, you know? And so it's like, if you save and invest now, like the world is yours. And so it's investing in the markets and in equities and technology in the future. And it's investing in yourself and not being static like I work a job. So if you're like doing the same thing every day for like a few years, it's a bad job. You need to switch. You need to find robots a are better, coming for sure. Yeah, and you need to find <laughs> a better challenge. And if you're if you're not educated, get educated. I just this whole anti-college movement, I think, is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You need a college degree. Get a college degree. It doesn't matter where you go. It do- I went to. I was lucky enough to go to UPenn, and my parents paid for my college, and I I didn't have student debt. Um, but if I had to pay and take on that debt, I probably wouldn't have gone because it was so expensive. But if I would have gone to Cal State wherever, I would have still been successful, I think. So it's like the truth is, you know, it doesn't matter where you really go. You can make yourself successful. But if you don't have a college degree, go get a college degree. You know, go. Go to school. Yeah. Struggle. And, and one of the reasons I started HyperChange, I think is crazy, is they don't teach uh, like finance, investing, taxes in school. Right. To me, that's mind boggling. Like what you're saying is such simple advice. Like if you start, if you're like 18 and you just start compounding a couple thousand dollars, that's like right. 7% per year, by the time you're 30, like you're killing it. You know? How about it's- 15% a year? You know, like if you're invested, for example, like we use this like growth fund of America. It's an American funds. It's a mutual fund. And you can buy this fund. This fund has done well for as long as the sun has risen. You know what I mean? And of course, there's risk involved and past performance is not indicative of future results. But, you know, you just buy this fund. It's done so well. You own all the major tech companies. You can buy an index fund of tech companies. And that's what I'm saying. You can, you can accept this 7% if you want. Or you can invest in technology. It, like a, if you look at the difference between the Nasdaq's return versus the S and P, you're killing it. Okay, and then you look at the way it's designed. The Nasdaq's a better index. Okay, it's just a better index. So why why settle for the eight to ten percent that Wealthfront's given you when you can just buy a, an index fund of some tech? And people can say, oh, that's so risky or whatever. I'm saying your dollar cost averaging, you should have some balance in your portfolio. But if you're more weighted to tech, you'll deal with more volatility. But that's your advantage when you're buying every month. And yeah. that's 
exactly, let's say you want to invest in Tesla. You don't want to take a ton of risk right now. Yeah, there's risk in Tesla. Okay. So buy a few shares. You know what you can afford. Maybe it's a share. It's 200 bucks. You buy one. Then next month you buy another one. You know, maybe it's 220. Oh, it's 220. And you just accumulate over time. But when you look back in a decade, you'll be like, that was the smartest thing I ever did. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's how this works. And so the sooner you start the compounding and investing process, not just in yourself, um, but in your retirement accounts and other investments, the better you're off you're going to be. And, and then it gets better and better and better quicker for you. And that's what I realize is most people wait till they're like my age and then they come see me or later and they go, oh, you know, I'm making 350 and, you know, I have a nice house and I've got 250,000. So I thought I'm doing pretty good. And I'm like, wait, you need like 5 million or 6 million liquid for retirement. Or you're going to have to like cut back, you know, you're (laughs) going to cut back like half and nobody's going to do that. So he's like, what do you mean? And then I show him the numbers that he's going to have to save, like, let's say $25,000 a month. You know, it's some like crazy number. And and they're like, you're crazy. I don't save anything now, you know? And I was like, too late, buddy. You know, it's like, you better sell your company for a lot of money and then, you know, call me and I'll take your 250 and do what I can, you know? (laughs) And then they don't save any money. Wow. So I saved more money when I was younger than I do now. No, that's not true. I make a, a lot more now, but but relative to my expenses, the percentage of my income, I was able to save a lot more money when I was younger. Awesome. And I kind of want to switch back to Tesla kind of to wrap this up. So what makes you so excited about Tesla? Let's say everything goes right. Like, can you get us pumped up about what the future looks like or why you're excited about it? Okay. So, so driving's horrible, you know, like you have traffic that's, that's just... People spend hours a day of their lives, not with their families, not with their children. Um, You have the cost on the economy of this traffic, too. So that's one issue. You have the deaths we've talked about, you know, the hardships, the drunk driving. Um, You know, you're talking thousands of people a month die on the roads. So that's a real impact on human life. Injuries in the emergency rooms, the cost of health care, all because of car accidents, Okay. So the whole concept that we've invented for driving and parking and transportation doesn't work. So we know things like mass transportation work. You know, so they put the subway in in Santa Monica. Tons of people take it. You know, you just can't argue with it. It's successful. You know, so those people aren't driving. You see, like the scooters and all these other ways people are trying. You know, it's mostly junk, but it's still it's better than people driving. They're trying. Right? They're yeah, innovating. exactly. And I still think there's a lot of innovation needs to be done, but. I, I love the idea of people using bikes or other forms than cars. So then when you think about Tesla and not sort of the autonomous robo-taxi thing, which is nice, but you think about the idea of utility of having so many cars that you don't use all the time. So for me, let's say the weekend, I don't use my car much. So the idea that I could rent my car out or some, or the car could just go work for the me. Tesla network. The, just the idea that car sharing where we could cut down the actual amount of cars we need and use and be much more efficient, and then we could share cars, for example. And the cost of owning a car becomes nothing. So you actually can net money by owning a car if you don't drive a lot. I don't think people have wrapped their head around what Elon's saying Well, let's explain. Let's explain, right? Yeah, so you instead of getting 40 grand for for the Model 3 they sell, that Model 3 could drive around and create... 
two, well, three hundred grand in revenue it, 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 over it its costs lifetime. you one hundred and fifty dollars a week to own the car. Let's say mm-hmm. so the payment five hundred dollars a month plus one hundred dollars a month for insurance. Let's say and that's coming too. It's going to be bundled in with Tesla. So you know, so if you figured out one hundred fifty dollars a week, but if you could rent your Tesla out for let's say one hundred and twenty five dollars for the day. So you could get, let's say, two days a week you rent your car and the other five days you drive it, okay? So now you're making 250 a week renting it, right? And it's costing you 150 a week. So you're making $100 a week owning a car. That, and it's driving around itself. It's That's driving the key itself. You're, you're not working. You're not doing it. Yeah. Or, or somebody's just, it's driving to pick somebody up and then they're using it. Mm-hmm. Or, but, the, but the idea is there's a utility now of having a car that you're not using. Then you have more... Uh, advantage to be not driving too, because you'll make more money if you're smart about the way you use your transportation than if you're driving around all the time. So it's almost like you're paying per mile versus, and, and think about insurance. Like when you buy auto insurance, it's based off everybody in your zip code and how bad they drive, which is horrible. So it's like, we're all paying for all these bad drivers, but you might not have crashed your entire life, you yep. know? And so like, why is an insurance just prorated to my actual driving experience? So if everything is just geared to my actual driving, I mean, Tesla will know if you're driving 85 at four in the morning, leaving, you know, like a, a place of ill repute, you know what I mean? And, and so they'll be like, oh, it should cost more, you know, or maybe we'll just make the car drive slower because he's being an idiot and it's four in the morning. And so the 85 all of a sudden starts to be 60 and then they take over the car because you're weaving and the car is tired of warning you and then the car just drives you home. So you have economic advantages, you have societal advantages, you have costs across the entire spectrum of our economy that are then alleviated and and then the opportunity costs of people being more efficient with that time, whether it's more love or more work or whatever. So if you think about the city of the future and you can go, oh, it's like the Jetsons or whatever, think about when Star Trek started, okay? And when Star Trek started, they had like all these like fake phones, like they flipped open and they had all these gadgets. And when we were kids, we thought that was high tech, right? When you look at that stuff today, it's junk. You're like Star Trek, you know, like, yeah, look at my phone today. It's like way better than the Star Trek phone, you know? Um, and, And so it's like, what I was watching the old Star Wars the other day too, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's like Yoda's a rubble rubber doll." You know, it's like yeah, it looks so know, bad now. <laughs> it's funny, you know, and it's like now it would be like the CGI awesome Yoda, you know. So, so Tesla's going to be this Jetson City car, and and it's going to be a global thing as everybody needs EVs, everybody wants efficiency, and everybody's dying with choking traffic. So, how do we alleviate these things? And Tesla's a solution for that, and hence Boring Company too, which is really just an offshoot of the same attempt to solve these big issues that you know cities face. And that's the traffic autonomy piece, I guess. What's what what gets you excited about, like the electric piece, like battery electric cars, maybe like the semi. Or just the well, I just think it's no brainer that you're switching over all these cars to electric. Electric cars that's are already better. A foregone conclusion. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a debate. You yeah. want to debate about it? I mean, there's no debate. Okay, I, I've been I want to hear your car. side of the debate. No, I mean the EV side is very simple. Everything will be EV. It's just Tesla's forcing everybody to do it. I think there was some alliance talk today because all the car companies don't want to like lose money to do this, so they're like trying to band together and figure out how to do what Tesla's done in scale. Yeah, and they're, so, they're trying to copy Tesla as fast as they can. Yeah, because, you know, they didn't really have an incentive to lose their profit margin just to make some new technology. Like, why, why would they do that? You know, so yeah. now, you know, 
they're well behind and, and society is saying we want these EVs and so and governments are saying it. And so the EV, so the, the semi is phenomenal. Like this is such an easy solution. It's such a horrible part of the pollution piece. But also from an autonomy perspective, you know, truck drivers have tough lives. Oh, it's it will brutal. make their life way better. And you'll still have drivers, you know, and their life will be way better. You know, it'll be like pilots today on planes. They'll sit there and monitor the systems. And you'll have the platooning where oh, three I mean, trucks drive the behind efficiency. each other. And you think about our society. We've been buying a lot of these uh, uh, logistics warehouse companies and Blackstone is one of just bought a, a big one in, in Prologis because the world is about delivery and logistics and moving stuff from back to forth. So that's a huge piece. The pickup truck is a huge piece yeah. eventually. Uh, the Model Y is a, a huge piece for it in, in getting a car that I think serves a little bit more utility too. So, you know, to me, Tesla's so far ahead here. The question is, can they scale all their ideas within the financial constraints that they yeah. have well put. in the time frames that Elon's pushing for and get the results in the time frames that need to happen to make sure that the grand master plan happens at this warp speed? Mm-hmm. So there is no other company in the world that has a timeline of innovation in the time period that Tesla has. But with that comes enormous amounts of capital needing to be used. And so and scrutiny and hate and controversy. Irrelevant of disruption. that. Yeah. If you go to the Tesla factory, nobody's paying attention to that. True. So it doesn't matter. All that matters is can they afford to do it and can they yep. make sure. Like, you know, it could be catastrophic if there was some big problem, let's say, with the Model 3 software, you know, all of a sudden, you know. And all the cars stopped driving or something, you know, even if it was for a day, it would be like, ah, you know, think about the level of perfection they have to operate under from the scrutiny that they're under. And so it's a very difficult thing what he's trying to do. And, you know, I I wish him all the luck and success. You know, he's fighting forces, sabotage, whatever, you know. Um, We love you, Elon. But what I hope for and I think about this a lot is as a strategic partner. Not, I don't want Tesla to be bought out, and I, I think shareholders want to stay as shareholders. But some smart companies should be, and I don't know what industry, tech or, or auto, should be saying, here's like like a $5 billion like investment, you know, straight into the company. And, you know, we want this timeline to continue, and we believe in it. And maybe that w- Tesla should have been a private company, you know, and it would have helped make this easier on everybody. Um, but I think if, if, if there was sort of this thing, like we know this instead of like, I'm always riding the car at 110 miles per hour, like Elon style. I think that would be beneficial for Tesla. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I think because the stock's down, the likelihood is higher now that there'll be a more opportunistic partner that come in. And I, I think this moment is a very, it might be a short lived moment. So, a strategic partner better move quickly before somebody else moves or whatever. I, I think the the or Tesla has one good quarter in the stock. Yeah, well, I also think their impending demise is greatly exaggerated, especially after the capital raise. So I think the capital yeah. raise put a lot of that to rest. And, totally. And thank you, Elon, so much for doing that at the perfect time before the market cratered. You know, it was like the day before the market cratered. So he got a much better deal than he would have gotten uh, this month. I mean, substantially, substantially. So, you know, 
great move he did there, and and it brought me a lot of comfort because totally. now they've got five billion on the books, and 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 so they got to pay off some stuff, and that gets them down to four billion. And then they lose. My numbers have them close to ninety thousand cars right now. I, I I see scenarios they can get over ninety. I, it's hard to call what sales of the S and X are, um, but I don't care if they're a little bit short because they're still going to be in the high eighties, and 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 they'll probably lose a little bit of money this quarter, a hundred million, two hundred million, and then and then I think they get to a hundred thousand cars, um, and and that's really. I, I think their break even is like ninety one or ninety two thousand cars, but they the S and X are an important component of that profit margin because it's a higher margin for totally. them. Totally, and so the S and X issue needs to be dealt with, and and they kind of dealt with it this quarter. We were talking about a body redesign, but it was like really hard to think of a better body for it, you know. Um, so I, I think this is a, a difficult thing for Tesla as far as what you do with that. And they, you know, so adding range, adding performance is great. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure where they go, you know, maybe make the interior even nicer, you know, stuff like that. Um, but, but I think that they can maintain 80 to a hundred thousand car demand a year in the S and X and, and then get up to the, you know, numbers on the, 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 you know, total output of 450 to 500,000 out of Fremont. And then start making money. And then China, baby. And that <laughs> is, that is the awesome part of the story. I mean, the, the China factory is moving like hyperspeed. Chinese love the brand. The orders are off the charts. They, they, you know, they're pumped. They want this car. And so if they can get this factory going, they're going to sell every car in China uh, th- that they can make. And then they go to a million cars. So if they can do that in a year, like really get China going in a year um, at Model Y, boy, you know, this seems like an incredible opportunity right now. Awesome. On that note, Ross, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Do you have any last words of wisdom for the hyperchangers or where they can find you online? Uh, yeah, you can find me at Gerber Kawasaki or GerberKawasaki.com. Um, follow us on Twitter, please. Um, yeah, you know, I think one of the things is, is like, don't let this stuff get you down. If you're on the internet a lot, it affects your emotions and, and you, you, they're trying to affect your emotions and get you to believe something that isn't true. And so get off Twitter or, you know, you do your Twitter time and then just get off of it. Don't answer all these people. Don't waste your time because it's just, that's part of the game. Distract, you know, and, and get you off the, off the real message, which this change needs to happen. We need to make the world a better place for our kids, my kids, for you guys, for me. Um, when I retire, I want to sit on real beaches and enjoy my time and not have like hurricanes wipe me out and stuff like almost did the last time I was in Hawaii. And, you know, that's, that, that's, I think what's important. So, so get off the internet, enjoy your life and try to make a difference. We got an election coming up and we must get change. And this is our world. It's the young people's world now, but young people have got to mobilize and get out there in the next year to make change. Um, because it is your life now and it will affect you. So that's my advice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ross. Loved it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.